0: Hello and welcome to the 101st weekly edition of the Youth Out Sports podcast. I am joined by the usual crew: myself, Jared, Lucas, Bart, Aiden, and Wyatt. We got a jam-packed episode. We promise we are not hungover from the hype of the 100th episode, and we got a uh, some good stuff in store for you. Um, let's start off though with the news we missed. As always, there are reports coming out of Miami that many Dolphins players do not trust Brian Flores. That he views himself as a player's coach, but uh, he's actually, in fact, not very approachable. And I think that's kind of just what happens when your team goes, what, one in five, one in six? One and in you six? have, yeah, one in six, and you have a second year quarterback. I think that's just kind of what happens. Anybody have thoughts on that? Somebody mentioned that Brian Flores is going to be on the hot seat at the start of the year. Oh, so I did. There you go. I did. There you go, Wyatt. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, Wyatt
1: I mentioned Cliff Cliff
0: Kingsbury during
1: that, so I think we're Oh gosh. Now, but... I, I... <laughs> Wyatt probably
2: think
0: Wyatt probably thinks Cl- Cliff Kingsbury should still go even if they go 16 and zero. like the his boot holes are gonna take the <laughs> box. <laughs>
2: well they still won easily even when he was out because of COVID, so maybe yeah. they don't need him.
0: Exactly. Good point, Mark. Save the money. Yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah um COVID is once again rearing its ugly head and the NFL sidelining notably Devonte Adams for the Thursday night football game Matt Nagy has COVID as well as Alan Lazard so there's uh unfortunately still a reality of the NFL that that's something they have to worry about but hopefully they have a speedy recovery both the Nets and Lakers in the NBA are off to a one and two start after being the preseason Vegas favorites so maybe the Youth thought sports podcast knows better than Vegas is all I'm saying. And then one of the fun stories of the week, Mike Evans after catching and then scoring Tom Brady's 600th touchdown pass, gave the ball to a fan in the stands that was wearing his a uh, Mike Evans jersey. The Bucks had to negotiate to get the ball back. Um he got he, apparently so I saw some stories that like he got a terrible deal because the ball was worth like at least 500,000. But then I also, like, literally three hours later saw a headline, like, fan gets great deal for giving the <laughs> 600 touchdown pass back to Brady. He got, like, a bunch of money for the um, Bucks team store. He got, like, two two season tickets, two, like, seasons worth of season tickets. Some other stuff, I'm sure. I think, like, some signed stuff as well. Pretty good stuff, mm-hmm. though. Yeah. So, yeah. So, it, it, it all worked out. Um, it feels a little
3: unsatisfying. Like does getting it? store credit is essentially one dollar instead of five hundred thousand
4: dollars. <laughs> Tom Brady so, also but, bought him a yeah. Bitcoin, though. Yeah, oh, really? true. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I didn't see him that. one Bitcoin. I, I, I do feel bad
2: for him because apparently he wanted a golf match with Tom Brady and he couldn't yeah. get that. I feel like that would have been very easy for them to just say, like in the off season, you can have that too, or something. Well, yeah, at yeah. yeah. some unspecified future date. You
0: yeah, can exactly. <laughs> Let's kick it off, though, with our uh, MLB segment of the month, probably. <laughs> but MLB segment of the week, at least. We are in the end game now. We, if, we said, if this happened last year, we were in the darkest timeline, as, as Wyatt would say. The Houston Astros have, have done the unthinkable. Maybe not that unthinkable, but presumably without cheating, earned a spot in the World Series against the Atlanta Braves, where they are being demolished right now, in, yeah. currently in Game 1. But just four years after their infamous 2017 title. We've talked about the Astros before, why it will fight Altuve with his bare hands. But, <coughs> Aiden, I want to start with you here. So in previous discussions and in prep for the show, I think we've kind of all agreed the 2017 team is still going to be viewed as cheaters. But, but my question is, will this series redeem central Astros players like Jose Altuve and Carlos Correa?
1: I don't think so. I've been thinking about this. and like, I feel like the, the doubt was never talent with the team as a whole, as we've, I think, agreed. like The Astros were always a very talented team. Um, they were back in 2017. They remained that. Um, and I don't think it was ever really an issue with Altuve or Correa. Um, Correa, I don't think, really produced as much as, um, as Altuve, at least. And this is like 2020 has been really his breakout year. I mean, he's, he's always been good. And he was, you know, a formal former number one pick. Um, but I think everyone always knew that the team and guys like Altuve and Correa were talented. Um, so I don't think it really redeems them since I don't think that was a doubt. And like the, the fact that the Astros have been so good this year will shut people up to some extent um, if, you know, if the reason for some of the booing or for some of the, the hate was that they weren't good. But I don't think that was ever true. They were always a good team. The issue was the fact that they were cheating. It was an act of cheating, Um, and the fact that you know they even though they had the talent they still tried to get that edge to some degree Uh, so I don't think it'll really change anything or change the discussion around
3: El Tuve or or Correa at the moment I think it might soften their legacy a little bit I'll, I'll be so bold as to say that I think that I've, there is something irredeemable about what they did at this point. Like They're never going to be seen, probably outside of the context of that. But I do think, even though you can make a valid argument and probably a correct argument that they would have won in 2017 regardless of the cheating, like you'll never really know until they do it. And mm-hmm. if they do it this year, although based on the first few innings of Game 1 so far, it doesn't seem like they will, but I think... You can make an argument that, you know, well, they did win a legitimate title. Like, they'll always have this cloud hanging over their head. Uh, but, you know, they still proved they could do it otherwise. And so that you have to give them credit for that, at least. And I think just, like, speaking about the team as a whole, like, I think the 2021 team is just going to be seen in like, it can, has to be seen completely differently from the 2017 team. Like, a lot of the players are different. Not all the players, but a lot of the players are different at this point. There's a new manager who's very likable, Dusty Baker. Uh, and i think mm-hmm. at this point i might even be rooting for the astros to win this show. Oh, oh god so how much we'll see, money I you pay? Pay. yeah <laughs> i think part of
1: the redemption process is to show some amount of like you know apologeticness i don't think that's a word for for the actions mm-hmm. and i think it wasn't just like the astros as a team cheated and it was like this you know like um, you know, nameless guys kind of cheated. I feel like we mm-hmm. all saw in action Correa and stars like Correa and Altuve cheat. Correa, like right after the scandal admitted that he was banging the trash can. He was like, I'm a man of principle. I will. <laughs> I will. No, I think it was a man of integrity. So I will tell you the <laughs> truth that I was banging it. Um, uh-huh. And Altuve had that moment where he wouldn't let his teammates rip off his jersey, right? Because the wire was,
0: or he was wearing some kind of wire. That's, that's, um, that's right. been, that's unconfirmed though. Those, those are allegations. Oh, it's unconfirmed. Okay. okay. I don't believe, Fair I don't enough. believe that's ever been confirmed. I, I think Altuve said he had a bad tattoo or something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. he's, he's never admitted. I don't think Which one do was, you like, believe? Something... <laughs> yeah.
1: I just feel like they were personally involved and they've never really shown any amount of remorse for it. And so okay, I, I, hold on. I think the wound is open. It remains open, even if they're not cheating now. Okay. Which I don't think.
0: Well, they are. I pre- I prepared notes on both sides because I kind of wanted to push some buttons a little bit. What about like Tom Brady DeflateGate? Did he ever apologize for that? And he's been pretty he's been redeemed pretty pretty big from that. Has he not? I, or even SpyGate? Also,
3: I, I forget the I, details well, of one. I think those are both lesser scandals, though. In my Why? opinion.
0: Or, okay, so hold up, But cheating <laughs> cheating in baseball happens all the time, and now in football. You deflate the balls, which is, I don't know, kind of unheard of. And that's – how is that not, like, kind of equal?
2: Was deflating that- confirmed? Yeah. Is
0: yeah. That- no, they got – they, you know, they, they, they suspended hat. Brady.
2: But was the suspension – okay, yeah, I also – I'm with Aiden. I don't remember the I- details of that one super strongly.
3: Yeah, but
1: I just it was don't just- feel like
3: it was this Yeah. Like the it same was one si- game, too. Yeah,
1: sorry, go ahead. I mean, definitely could have been more games, but like the systematic yeah. nature of the Astros one, I think, was what made it stand out. That it was so okay, so then blame, the, blame the
0: Astros team, not Altuve and Korea. But it was but they player were clearly driven, was the thing. With it.
1: Yeah, like it was clearly like I think Beltron was the leader, um, mm-hmm. but like they were all clearly very involved with it, as they admitted, or you know, or it seems like from um, watching footage from that era.
0: Okay Well I, I think the I think in sports the redemption doesn't have to come from an apology to be honest. like Tom Brady never apologized. He just won a Super Bowl with Tampa Bay and now everybody's like nobody's talks about the Gay really like oh he's the goat. Yeah. look at what he's doing at, at age 43 or however old he is right now. I'm not sure if the I, I think I agree like personally that I would like to see more a little mm-hmm. bit more formal apologies, but I don't know if in the minds of baseball of sports fans, how much weight is really gonna carry? Like it feels like a big deal now, but I'm not yeah. sure. But it was broke. The story was broke in 2020 during a pandemic yeah. when no sports were going on. I think that's a factor in how big it got as well. Yeah. And then, um, I was gonna say something after that, but no. That, well, think about like players that did that got were caught for steroids that like kind of nobody also talks about, like Bartolo Colon, Manny Ramirez. Like, I don't know. There's. There's just, che- just cheating in baseball. I, that is I don't
3: know if steroids is the apt comparison there, though. Like Why not? the The biggest players like who took steroids have absolutely not been forgiven. I don't think okay. they probably never. Bartolo no, is really the, fair. the, Barry just, yeah, of the world. Like, yeah. Yeah, Roger Clemens, I don't know. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Aiden.
1: No, I, th- I think, like, yeah, Bartolo Colon, no one's going to remember because he's funny and he's not going to be in the Hall of <laughs> Fame. You know, like that kind yeah. of thing. Like, Manny Ramirez isn't going to get voted to the Hall of Fame, right? He potentially would have been.
4: What about that,
1: he, I would think. Oh, no, he's not going to get voted in, right? And everyone, no. I firmly really? associate that with A-Rod.
3: Yeah. People hate A-Rod. Yeah, he has a bigger okay. poster for, boy thing. For, think for... Too. He's, he's an yeah. <laughs> Aster, but... <laughs> <laughs> but
1: the Saurid thing, you know, not good either. Yeah. I think you're right, though, Jared, that... I, well, I think there's going to be a serious narrative after this that the Astros have been redeemed if they do win the series
0: okay. um, to some degree. I, I think that so We do... be present. So we do think that... Yeah, you just said it. That that scandal kind of will hang over the series a bit. And I have a question though. If 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 we don't think it's going to redeem or like that this when do, when do we think the sign stealing like scandal is going to be like forgotten? Like when are we going to move on from it if we haven't already? I would well we haven't already. When are we going to move on from it do you think?
2: In my mind everybody who was connected to it has to be gone from the Astros. Okay. Only then is it like a clean slate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, think I think that's probably I, true. I think those players will
1: be connected with it forever to some degree, at least the prominent ones. And I don't yeah, know if that's prominent. necessarily that fair. I think you're right, Jared. That part of it was that it was a huge news story because there's no other sports news. um But I, I like firmly associate Correa and Altuve um, and guys like that with it to some degree. And I don't think that's going to go yeah. away, even if they win this World Series or once in the future.
0: Yeah. I think it's kind of it's sad that this that um it did happen that way because I like people have said I mean they made five straight ACLs or ACLs ALCSs. Um <laughs> <laughs> only two other teams have ever done that apparently which is which is pretty amazing when you think about in 2013 they went 51 and 111 111 111 yeah. losses. That's like a that's a honestly incredible turnaround I would say honestly. Um and to Bart's point Carlos Correa is going to be a free agent after this year, so maybe that will kind of leave him a little bit, especially if they win a World Series. And, like, apparently he's expected to leave as well, actually, yeah, to, like, the Tigers or Yankees, apparently. Um, so I think yeah. that could kind of remove some of it from him. One thing that I thought was interesting about Altuve, though, I will say, is um, his average went from 346 in 2017 down, like, more than 100 points to 219 the year that the cheating scandal was revealed. And he was 278 this year, so that's, that's pretty fishy. And as Cody yeah. Bellinger noted, like it's not just the World Series trophy that's a little tainted. That ML- MVP award, uh, he kind of, st- what Bellinger mm-hmm. said was he stole it from Aaron Judge essentially. There also, mm-hmm. I think, is kind of that that might hang over Altuve more than Correa, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But
1: yeah, because Aaron Judge yeah. that year, yeah, he lost the MVP to him, and then they also lost in the ALCS in like a seven yeah. series, right? I, I feel mm-hmm. like Yankees fans will always talk about that so yeah he's reason to be mad i think you're right that korea yeah. I, I hate to say it because i despise korea i <laughs> honestly no, almost no one else i despise more than korea he's so cocky and annoying he's cocky, he's cocky. Um, mm-hmm. but i mean he's, he's put his money where his mouth is to some degree i think he led the mlb in war this year um probably well, in the best season of his career so
0: yeah, mm-hmm. yeah all right so here's a follow-up question i've actually thought about like intermittently quite a bit like so Alex Cora and the Red Sox really did not take al- almost any criticism, I would say, for their smaller-scale 2018 sign-stealing scheme. And Alex Cora was the 2017 Astros bench coach and kind of widely, I think, was pegged as the architect of the sign-stealing scheme, from what I understand. And he took a, I-, I would say he took a much smaller PR hit than A.J. Hinch and like Carlos Beltran especially, who, d- who still does not have a managerial job, where A.J. Hinch ended up did getting hired by the tigers um and then Cora just he just basically served a one year suspension and then got to come back to the Red Sox anyone have any ideas to like kind of what's going on there and Lucas does <laughs> I Which- thought a
3: lot about this one um I think while he may have been the architect of it um Cora was definitely not the face of it so he could kind of get away with you know takes his year off gets rehired everything like that like I think he was just never visibly the face of it Two, I think the media loves the Red Sox, I, and I think that that's a part of it. <laughs> okay. um, I think. Well, so they hate Houston.
0: To,
3: yeah, they hate Houston. <laughs> <laughs> Notable, yeah. hateable city. But I think too that like the fact that he wasn't even necessarily on the Astros when it broke also probably helped a little bit too. Like he wasn't, yeah, in, like in people's minds associated with the Astros anymore, even though he was like one of the most important people in it.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha.
1: I yeah, I agree with you, Lucas. I feel like he was the bench coach right so people were looking at the players who are visible on the fields they're gonna blame <clears throat> excuse me Hinch of course because he was the manager um and so Cora could I think the Red Sox cut ties with him for a year right and then they just waited yeah. for the PR fire to to die down a bit um, yeah and it was fine to rehire him and I mean the same thing happened with yeah with AJ Hinch to some degree right I mean he was he was fired but Cora was essentially fired yeah, um, and they both just kind of waited a year and got over it. it a pandemic year at that yeah, a too, pandemic. Exactly. like only sixty yeah. games or whatever it was,
0: forty something. Yeah. Also, the, apparently the scope was a lot smaller. It wasn't player led. The their their cheating scandal, so that was also part of it. But um, yeah, kind of just to stay on the field though. Obviously, we have um, the MLB between Astros and Braves not going to hold anybody to a prediction but if anybody wants to throw out a prediction now uh, the floor is yours
1: i'm going to say astros in seven i know that okay. as we recorded the the braves are up yeah big um in the, the middle innings but my worry about the braves is that i don't know they've been it's felt like kind of magical which is sometimes enough to get you all the way through um but also kind of fluky in that They've been relying a lot recently on Eddie Rosario, who's been absolutely wild, um, was, you know, really, I think, traded by the Twins midseason because he was kind of uh, mediocre this year, has been hitting 474 in the playoffs, which is the <laughs> LCS MVP with 14 hits and six games. Um, <laughs> I feel like stuff like that has got to come back down to earth at some point. And I think in general, the Astros have a more talented
0: lineup, at least.
3: Yes. Um, yeah. Yes. I think Astros in six.
0: Oh okay, yeah. The, so the the Braves um, had a losing record at the All Star break. I read mm-hmm. so th- it, it it definitely has been magical. You know, I am just gonna say Braves in seven just to just yeah. to add a little variety in there. My, my I do think that like Houston was favored, and their lineup was pretty insane in the last few games of the LCS. Yeah. Um, but they're really streaky too, so we'll yeah. we'll see about kind of how that lands in a seven game series. I'll take Braves in seven.
2: Just to be extra unusual, I am gonna say Braves in six. I just uh, the oh, fact shoot, that they are winning tonight or have won, it uh, yeah. changes everything. Yeah.
1: Why baseball? You, yeah, you do get these <laughs> magical runs. <right>? Uh, <laughs>
0: yeah, it kind of feels like the Nationals from twenty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, Wyatt
4: Braves in four. <laughs> oh, okay, oh, that's amazing! amazing. <laughs> wow,
0: I like it. Uh, gotta get this episode edited quick before these get stale. Yeah, but um. <laughs> This episode, we, are, we really actually are going through the, the three major sports and then the fourth one, college football, in my opinion. Anyway, NFL top ten, here we go. A lot. Of, as a reminder, this is a draft. Once a team is picked, they're off the board and you pick the next best team. We had quite a lot of engagement from you fans out there, um, so we, we just wanted to run it back. There's been a lot of interesting results as well, so maybe this list is going to shuffle quite a bit. Aiden's got the first overall pick, though. He's the best team in the NFL.
1: Yeah, I got an easy pick. It's the Cardinals' best until beat. Um, they haven't really broken a sweat since our last rankings, right? I think they were also number one in that, correct? They were not. Um, it was the Bills. They were not. The oh, they Bills were not. oh yeah. okay. Weird. Uh, well, anyway, we ended we so last one. time. So, yeah, new number one, um, a, a shocking number one sense. in the Cardinals. <laughs> um, but... it, did, no, it didn't make sense.
0: <laughs> a lot of people had the Bills' the number one back then. Mm. Yeah, a lot, and the bills still look, change, though, too. bills
1: still look good um, in general, but but yeah, the Cardinals last couple weeks have haven't really broken a sweat um, in games against Texans and Browns, despite having Cliff, uh, their their fearless leader sidelined due to COVID protocols against the Browns. Um, the offense has been pretty much unstoppable. They're averaging like thirty plus yeah. a game. Defense has been impressive too. They've <laughs> somewhat modeled up Matt Stafford at least more than other teams. They stopped Derrick Henry in Week One. Um, they added Zach Ertz on offense a week back. He already has a TD. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Lucas. Um, and yeah, excited for the Packers game this weekend. So,
5: yeah.
0: Number two, we got Lucas. What, what's your pick at number two? All
3: right. So I picked him at four last time. and I'm going to pick him at two this time. And it is the LA Rams. Mm. Um, I feel like what more can you say that it hasn't already been said? They're as good as ever. Stafford looks pretty good at quarterback. The defense is as good as you'd imagine with Donald and Ramsey. They have a win over the Bucks, arguably one of the best ones so far this year in the NFL. And their only loss is to our number one team, the Cardinals. Uh, they struggled a little bit with the Lions last week, but they killed the Giants the week before that. Beat the Seahawks the week before that.
4: 27 <laughs> points Wyatt. in the NFL is,
3: <laughs> you know within the within the margin of error of being killed at least um so i think they've been really good they're only losses to the best team a few blips here or there but i think you gotta pick the rams at number two
0: okay gotcha wyatt you mm-hmm. got the third overall pick where's that go to
4: well the team i have at number three's only loss was the team that lucas just put at number two i'm gonna put the tampa bay buccaneers they lost very early to the rams and since then they've just strung together some really impressive wins, especially against the Bears who aren't exactly impressive. They look like one of the worst teams in football. But <laughs> you do what you do what the, the Buccaneers did to one of the worst teams in football and you look pretty impressive. 38 to 3 against the Bears is really good. Tom Brady looks just as good as he used to be. Um, I think Lucas or Aiden were saying that <clears throat> uh, it's kind of hard to believe how good he was when we did our last top 10 ranking. So the Buccaneers sit at three. They jump up from five from last week.
0: Okay. I have the, the <clears> fourth <throat> pick, and I am excited to present the Dallas Cowboys oh, as yeah. the fourth best team in the NFL right me. now. Jared
3: uh, would have picked him one if he could. I, I yeah, would have. I mean, no, I'm just kidding. Uh,
0: <laughs> I stole this from the, the, the Colin Coward herd, herd, herd hierarchy, but the Cowboys have outgained every team they've played this year, which is pretty impressive. Obviously lead the league in points per game. Offense on the offensive side and have been able to manage basically on the defensive side led by Dan Quinn. The, my only concern I guess with the Cowboys is they really haven't played any good teams. I would I would say like no no like top 10 teams currently and they won't play another one until the Raiders in my opinion November 25th. So they have been um, beneficiaries of a good schedule, but I still think they would beat all the teams that are going to be listed next. So that's why I have them at four. And then we got the fifth pick, Bart. What do you think?
2: I'm going to go with a two-loss team. Actually, I'm going to go with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, They're rolling right now. Impressive wins against the Bills, and then they blasted the Chiefs. Again, the Chiefs are of questionable uh, goodness this season, but I still think the Titans – I mean, they had one loss to the Cardinals, who we have presented as the best team, so I think that's kind of a moot point. The Jets loss ugly indeed, um, but they were missing a lot of their starting receivers, so anyways, I think uh, Derrick Henry is really proving me wrong this year. He's been amazing. The Titans offense <laughs> is rolling in right now. I think they deserve the fifth spot.
5: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Alright, going back up to the top, number six, Aiden.
1: Yeah, I had the Titans at six part, so um, I, was, I was surprised by that one, but I respect it. Um, I have the Bills at six, I'm going to say. Um, I think the Bills, like, <laughs> They've had two close losses that could have gone either way. There was the the game against the Titans, which uh, came down to a a big fourth down play, and they had a a close one against, I believe, the Steelers. The Steelers. Yeah, besides that, that, it's kind of. And besides that, it's been pretty much blowouts. Um, Their closest win, besides those two losses, was a a win by 18 against the Chiefs. Uh, So I'm still pretty impressed by the Bills. I I think that they're probably the best team in the AFC, to be honest. Um,
3: so, yeah, going with them at six.
0: Okay. Um, seventh, Lucas.
3: I was hoping I would get the, the chance to do this again. I picked them at nine last time, and I'm going to pick them at seven this time. So, it's the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, wow. Um, I think I told you all about the Bengals. Uh, you should have mm-hmm. listened. I mean, not only do they have maybe one of the more impressive wins in the NFL – uh, this past weekend when they demolished the Ravens, 41-17. But after some early season struggles where they won a bunch of close games, barely beating the Vikings, uh, losing to the Bears, barely beating the Jaguars, and barely losing to the Packers, they've turned it on the past couple weeks. The Ravens win this past weekend, and they beat the Lions by 23 the weekend before that. Um, Joe Burrow's slinging it. Jamar Chase hauled in over 200 yards this past weekend. The defense has been really solid. They only already have more sacks than they did in all of last year at this point in the season. And they effectively shut down Lamar Jackson, which isn't easy to do. I think they may be a real Super Bowl contender this year. No way. There's no yeah. way. That's cool. Yes. I have my four on my big board. So. Wow. Whoa.
0: Okay. Um, <laughs> then we got eighth, the eighth pick. Wyatt, what Wyatt, what do you pick here?
4: Well, just to back, Lucas, I do repost the uh, I think the Bengals have a real shot of winning the division quote on our Instagram story. Every time the Bengals have won so far since he said. (laughs) So it it looks it looks like a good pick. I'm actually surprised this team is here for me. I'm picking the Packers who were ranked eight last week. I don't know if they've necessarily they don't deserve to drop, but I think that maybe they deserve to be a little bit higher, at least at six or seven. Um so I'm shocked that they're still here, but you can't really say anything bad about the Packers. They have some of the best players in the league and they look very talented.
0: Yeah, I agree. Also think Not that great. we're gonna hear from Marcus on that one. But yep. <laughs> uh I like that one. I got the ninth pick here. I'm gonna go with the, the Las Vegas Raiders actually. They're first in the AFC West. Kinda at the start of the season, kind of seen as the best division potentially. I saw a crazy post that uh, Derek Carr has two games with over 90 completion percentage, 90% completion percentage. The rest of the NFL quarterbacks in the history only have one, apparently. Uh, so I haven't fact-checked that, but I'm just going to spew it out right now. So Raiders at 5-2, and two, though, pretty impressive and have some good wins. So, yeah, I think they're definitely deserving of being in the top 10 after not being there last time we did this, I believe. So, And then the last pick to round it out, Bart. There, there's a lot of teams that are vying for this 10 spot. What do you, where do you put, who do you put here?
2: I put not the chiefs who were 10 last time. Their defense good. is too porous for my liking. It's a bit of a fall from grace for the Ravens because they lost yeah. to the Bengals, but I'm going with them. I'm going with them at 10. I think that the Bengals lost. Yeah. We'll see wh- how accurate Lucas is with that. I don't know if the Bengals are actually that good or if this is yeah. just like a weird one-off for the Ravens. We do know, we've talked about this before, how injury rattled the Ravens are this year. I still think that they are force Um, I think this like hiccup for the offense is unusual. And they'll get back to putting a bunch of points on people and running all over people. Um I think they're a fair pick at ten.
0: Agreed. Yeah.
3: The big losers, the Chargers, dropped yeah, to they... number two to completely yeah. out of the rankings after just
4: losing one oh. game.
0: They did fall. I think cool. also, yeah. Go ahead, Wyatt. They
4: didn't they didn't just lose, they got blown out. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> fair too. Yeah. Know.
0: <laughs> yeah. Wyatt, so Wyatt, you're going to be putting this up on Instagram. Where are we going to be taking the most flack on this list?
4: I'm going <laughs> to say somewhere in the middle here where the Titans, I think, are extremely overranked. Sitting you know. at five is kind of it's kind of high for me. I know that they've looked impressive, but they went from <laughs> completely outside of our top ten <clears> to <throat> now at five in our top ten. <laughs> and I think that that's going to be... A hard sell for some people <laughs> on Instagram.
2: Okay, well, the point of power rankings is to reflect the most recent results, and they've been really good recently. So they got no, these are 10
0: best it. teams. I support it. just kidding. It's whatever you, well, yeah, I mean, you want to they, interpret been, it as.
2: They've been, one of the, they've been the fifth best. Team. All right, anyway, it's fine. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm not personally convinced on the Bengals yet. I think this what weekend can they was do super see you, impressive. No, they were super impressive last weekend. I agree. Yeah. Like That was that was impressive. Besides that, though, <clears throat> like, I feel like they've just had a bunch of close games. They had a close game against the Jaguars, a close game against... They lost a close game against the um, Bears. The Vikings aren't bad, but they just barely won a close game against them. I'm not like... <clears throat> they haven't been winning with force besides the Ravens game, I feel mm. like. And, you know, blowouts against the Lions and whatnot.
0: Yeah, I feel like... Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are like overperforming for that team and like carrying him to wins they shouldn't be getting. But so that's why I think it looks a little fluky. But we'll see on on how it kind of goes after right there. Jamar Chase is honestly, I I, yeah. I do have to say like yeah. just what what Joe Burrow is doing in Cincinnati is so impressive in his second year after yeah. coming off ACL and like in Cincinnati. I don't know. I know they haven't necessarily been like terrible in recent memory, but like. They're kind of like a Cleveland team. Like, I don't know. Doing that in his second year is, is very impressive, I think.
3: And in a blue-collar city. Blue
0: exactly. People. It's not yeah. a free agent destination yeah. like Arizona yeah. is, you know. Chicago. Like Kyler Murray Chicago, in his third yeah. year is doing some pretty co- crazy stuff as well. But, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I saw a funny tweet that was like, Justin Jefferson was as good as he was last year, and we knew that Jamar Chase was better than him at LSU, and people are surprised by how good Chase is yeah. right now. Yeah. I think the, the whole thing about Chase not being able to catch in the
0: preseason Yeah, the drops. Yeah. So uh, overblown. It's <laughs> See, people always overthink it when they get into like the yeah, offseason draft stuff. Anyway, let's, we're going to finish off our NFL talk, talking about our Thursday night football game, doing some predictions as usual. We got Packers at Cardinals. Uh, on Thursday night, obviously, Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard are both out. Bart has, is undefeated in these rankings right now, so we're forcing him to go first, actually, so that we can counterpick. <laughs> um, Bart, Bart, what is your, what's your well, pick?
2: Everybody else is going to take another loss this week. Uh, I was sweating a little bit before I heard the Adams and Lazard news, yeah. but it's comfortably Cardinals for me. The Cardinals are at home as well. I'm going to go 31 to 23 Cardinals.
5: Okay.
1: Aiden? Yeah, next week will be the week we take Bart down. But this week, I feel like if it was at Lambeau um, and or Devontae Adams and Lazard were were in, I may have picked the Packers. But since it's not, it it seems like the Cardinals game. The Packers defense is also pretty injury ridden and has been awful in the red zone. They allowed before the game against the Redskins or the Washington football team on Sunday, they allowed 15 straight touchdowns in the red zone, um, which is not ideal. Um
3: so I, I think the cards offense will be too much for them. Lucas. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um I they've been great all year, Kyler's playing an MVP level. I think Ertz was a really good pickup that was alluded to before. Um especially with Adams and Lazard out. There's no way you can't pick the Cardinals.
0: 27-23. I'm gonna come to bat for the Packers a little bit. They do have the sevens best scoring defense right now. So like even though maybe they've given up a lot of red zone touchdowns, their defense isn't isn't awful. The Cardinals, though, have the best defense in the league right now, uh, scoring defense-wise, 16.3 points per game. Like Aiden mentioned, they bottled up Derrick Henry in the first week, Matthew Stafford, the Texans. Um, But no, yeah, I really wanted to pick the Packers. But yeah, without Devontae Adams, the the offense really just runs through that connection with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. I don't see the Packers beating the number one team in the NFL on the road, like everybody's saying. So Cardinals, 28-17 for me. (laughs) What?
4: <laughs> I will wait another week in the shadows <laughs> to eventually overthrow. But I'm gonna. Pick, I'm, gonna Packers, pick, I'm gonna also pick. I'm gonna also pick the Cardinals. Uh Like Jared said, the connection goes through Devonte Adams and Aaron Rodgers. And seeing what they did to other quarterbacks and other teams, like uh, the Cardinals against the Browns or against the the Rams, the Vikings, Or the Titans. Like it, it's clear that they know what they're doing and how to scheme against these guys. So especially without the other two or the two other wide receivers, no Jair Alexander, I'm going to pick Cardinals 27 or excuse me, thirty thirty-three 33 to 27.
0: Okay. Yeah. I hope it's a good game for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Let's, um, transition into college football. We're going to do cash or trash, which I don't think we've really had on the show for a long time. Actually, we're going to do some cash or trash goes through, um, Couple college football topics that um, had probably been on a lot of college football fans' uh, agenda this week. Let's start off with Bart. This the cash for trash. We've been talking a lot about parody, okay? Cash for trash that this season has been more unpredictable than any other in the playoff era.
2: It's a hard cash for me, and let me tell you why. Because I actually crunched some numbers. To, okay. to determine this, I was annoyed because Google was not giving me any quantitative analysis of this, and I thought for sure you should be able to put numbers on this. So I downloaded, or, yeah, more or less downloaded the games from the playoff era, and I figured it out. In my in my book, unpredictability was equated with like upsets, essentially. And yes, this season has is like clearly the most upset uh, friendly season that we've had in the playoff era. So I look at that like upsets, like unranked upsets, mm-hmm. margins of victories, things like that. Anyway, 2016 is the only one that's even like really close, but 2021 is indeed the most unpredictable that we've mm-hmm. seen since then. So it's actually one of the most unpredictable ever, but uh, I think you probably would have guessed that. So yeah, it's a, it's a cash for me. I actually ran the numbers cause I wanted to make sure. And it seems like that's what your eyes are seeing, Jared, is in fact what's happening.
4: <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Wyatt? I also cash it because I'm the one who said it originally a couple <laughs> weeks ago. I think week one of college Fair. football. And uh, it's an easy cash for me because when I open up the power rankings and I look, although I see Alabama, Oklahoma, and Georgia, I see Cincinnati sitting at number two. They're not only a playoff team. They're not just a French playoff team. They're the number two ranked team in the country. And then outside of that, if you look at Ohio State, Michigan, Oregon, Michigan State, Iowa, Mississippi, like it's it's an interesting Notre group Dame. of people. Um, <laughs> Kentucky, Wake Forest, Texas A&M, Oklahoma State. Yeah, those guys. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. It is like an interesting bu- bunch and we're going to have a good, you know, for a left out group of five and six, you know, at the end of this year. So uh, it's, it, it's definitely more random, I would say, especially because of Cincinnati. Okay. Yeah.
0: All right. Let's go cash or trash to Lucas here. One loss. Oregon is more likely to make the playoffs than an undefeated Wake Forest ACC champion team. Cash or trash? Uh-
3: Absolutely one hundred percent cashing this. Oh
0: take. my goodness. Mm-hmm. Go for from
3: one from basically just one reason. If they win out, Oregon will have a win over Ohio State, who the committee loves year in, year out. Also Ohio State is super good this year, probably the best offense in the co- country. But I don't know. I think that the fact that Oregon has a win over Ohio State will do immeasurable good for them in the committee's eyes. I don't think the committee always cares about losses as much as it should. And I think Oregon, because they have such a good win, would slot in their right over Wake Forest. Um, Plus, I think the committee, rightly or wrongly, will probably view the Pac-12 a little bit more favorably than the ACC this year. Because the Pac-12 does have one really good team, which seems to be Oregon. That being said, whether this should be the case, I think, is another question. Um, The ACC might be bad this year, but I I do believe that the Pac-12 is worse. Oregon is the only ranked team... And I don't know how indicative their early season win over Ohio State actually was. Um, teams are still getting things together at that point. If Wake Forest um, makes it undefeated to the end of the year, there's a chance they'll have probably beaten two ranked teams, Pitt, North Carolina State, uh, while not losing, which Oregon did. Again, I think the not losing is key. I think undefeated being undefeated should mean a lot. Um, and so I think Oregon's also a bigger name than Wake Forest. So if it comes down to that, they choose Oregon as well, but I think Wake Forest might have a more compelling case, or at least be like a 50-50 toss-up.
0: Yeah, I I trash that 100%. Uh, No undefeated Power 5 team obviously has ever missed the playoff, and the crux I think is that I don't think, even if Oregon wins out, they just have not really looked that good, to be honest. They lost to Stanford, almost lost to Cal in the very next game after having uh, two weeks to prepare as well. Just squeaked out a win against a decent UCLA team. I also, by the way, think Oregon State has a really solid chance of beating them this year to make it two wins in a row in their in their little rivalry. On the Wake Forest side, this is a battle tested team. They're not shaky; they're <laughs> battle tested. If they went and yeah, like Lucas saying, if they go undefeated, they'll likely play Pitt, who has been solid this year. They're currently seventeenth, and I think it'll be interesting also to see what how the committee looks at Wake Forest versus Cincy. Um especially like I think. Since he's going to have a much better win, I think over Notre Dame still, but there there could be some ways where they they bounce Cincy out again. So we'll we'll see about that. But I think it'll be interesting.
3: Yeah, first playoff rankings come out next Monday, I think. Uh, oh, wow. It'll be fun. I'm excited to see how this. Hello, they're going to put the committee's going to put or... At like nine or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, something stupid like that. But
0: you know, yeah. Alrighty, this is a team that uh, I think had a little divisiveness in our prep for the show. Aiden cash or trash. Oklahoma will finish the regular season and big 12 championship as an undefeated team.
1: This is a trash easy for me. Ooh. I will book it, there's no way that Oklahoma beats Iowa state, Baylor, Oklahoma state. And then one of those teams again in the big 12 championship, they've been playing with fire all season against worst teams, to be honest, besides Texas. Um, so, like, from September to mid-October, they didn't beat anyone by more than a score. That includes Nebraska, West Virginia, and Kansas State. Um, and then, obviously, last week, they were just able to, to pull one out against a 1-in-5 Kansas team um, due to some late-game heroics from Caleb Williams, who had been inconsistent for most of the game. Um, so, I think if we live in a just universe, <laughs> they are not lose one of these next five games. They, they've got to... Oh,
3: it's bold of you to assume we live in live in a just universe.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: Wyatt, I uh, I 100% agree with Aiden. I just don't think that there's any way that they beat any of the next ranked opponents that they have: Baylor, Iowa State, Oklahoma State. Caleb Williams is almost bound to have a bad game, or at least a less than stellar game. And considering, like Aiden said, they've just squeaked by some of these victories couple that with a less than stellar Caleb Williams game. I think that they're going to fall short and I'm going to book this. Aiden, I'm going to go one step further. They're going to lose to Oklahoma State. <clears> mm-hmm. That's my book. Okay. okay.
0: That's pretty bold Holy. coming off a loss for them too, so.
4: Um
0: by the way, speaking of late game heroics, I should have put this in the late uh, the news we missed. The Big 12 came out and ruled that, that, that um, Caleb Williams, when he took the ball out of the running back's hands to get that first down mm-hmm. on fourth down, was actually illegal and should not have been allowed. So so that's Why? pretty crazy.
1: Was the runner past the line of scrimmage previously? Or like, what was I, the, I don't like, remember like, the, the exact forward. rule. I
0: don't yeah. remember the exact rule, but yeah. Everyone was
1: so confused, though. It was funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: But that was a fun game fun game to watch. The power went out at the start of the game. Like it was you just knew that they were in for something crazy. Alright, fourth cash of trash here. Starting off with Bart. Even after recruiting the number one recruiting class at Penn State, which actually has since moved down to number three according to two four seven sports, but I think number one looks cooler. Even after recruiting the number one recruiting class at Penn State, James Franklin should still leave for USC or LSU. So it's
2: a hard trash for me, a hard trash. Will he is a different question. I don't know if you saw he he hired a new agent today or something like that, which is very suspicious. No. But should he? No, I expensive? wouldn't at least. I think, for one thing, I think it would be stupid to leave such a good recruiting class. It's better than both LSU's and USC's. LSU is 12th on 24-7 sports. USC's I didn't even bother looking for. They weren't even top 50. So wow. that would be a, a loss. Secondly, based on uh, Hel- uh, Helton's salary and coach o's salary he would be getting paid less than he does at penn state which would be a loss and then in the same vein the revenue from the football program at penn state trumps both of those other schools so i think no matter really that's actually really surprising it is surprising to me as well also Mm -hmm. my my sources were not necessarily the most trustworthy i'm just saying i found (laughs) it somewhere um i just think like he's from pennsylvania too if he Mm -hmm. wants to move for like the weather or something or maybe just to get a different kind of culture that's one thing, but like, as far as the football quality goes I think he would be dumb to leave
0: Okay, Lucas so,
3: uh, USC is 52, I just looked that up too which is quite bad Wow, that's really bad I, I'm going to trash it too but I think it's a little closer than Bart made it out to be Um uh, <laughs> Yeah, he did get the really high recruiting class this year but I think there's an argument potentially I'm not saying it's a compelling one to be made Um, that the long-term ceiling at a USC or an LSU is higher than you would have at Penn State. I think that USC and LSU, more so USC, um, has, like, an institutional appeal. It's in L.A. They've had relatively recent success winning national championships. And I think there's just an allure there that there isn't necessarily in Penn State and, you know, great stadium atmosphere or whatever. But I think, like, central Pennsylvania is not as an appealing location for an 18 year old kid from Texas as it is as LA or Baton Rouge or Louisiana in general is. So I think that you could potentially make the argument that there's a longer or a long-term higher ceiling. Mm-hmm. But that being said, I don't know. He's just, it's just Penn state is a program in a much better position than either of those is right now. He seems to have a good enough thing going um and like Bart said he's from Pennsylvania it seems to be like kind of a career culminating job for him so unless things go really wrong I don't think he necessarily should again like Bart said will he is a different question it wouldn't shock me um if it happened to be honest um I think just like the allure of like coaching at USC and living in LA might sway him but I don't know you can only play Big Ten style football for so long before it gets (laughs) yeah a little dry (laughs) I would assume so
0: we'll see. Penn State also has much more boring uniforms than either of those teams, I must <laughs> say. It's important, That's sure it's important for a coach sure. sure. Yeah, exactly. That's a factor. <laughs> um, our last one. I'm I'm starting on this one actually. Actually, uh, Cash of Trash. Michigan football has a brighter future than Clemson football. This is gonna cut some of the anticipation, but it's a trash. I intended for this to be a provocative statement. Uh, But then I got signed up for it, so I I think the Clemson dynasty is far from over, unlike Lucas. Their 2020 class was actually ranked third. Their 2021 class was fifth, and this year they have a five-star recruit already. Guess what position he plays? Quarterback. I think that's kind of their main issue this year, to be honest, and they'll get that uh, rectified going forward. Um, A lot of the season has kind of just come down to, yeah, poor play on the offense, and the ACC is just way weaker than the Big Ten, where Michigan does not have an easy path in any season to make the playoffs. Clemson, most pretty much every season, <laughs> has an easy path to the playoffs. Like the big programs, Florida State, Miami, seem seem to be many years away still. So I, I think Clemson definitely has uh, a brighter future. And Dabo has actually done more with less. Like his his recruiting classes had weren't like crazy when um they were winning national championships and stuff the years leading up to it. So he 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 does good with the the talent he gets. But so yeah, I'm saying uh trash. aiden
1: Yeah, I agree with literally everything you said, Jared. Um <laughs> trash. Uh I, I think just because Clemson's having an off year doesn't mean that Michigan suddenly has a brighter future. Um yeah, Clemson's recruiting classes have looked better in the past few years and look better in the upcoming years than Michigan's were I and mean, as you mentioned, yeah, I think a big factor is that Clemson always has a direct line to the playoffs to some degree, mm-hmm. at least mm-hmm. at the moment, unless Wake Forest really um, swoops yeah, in out. there um, from here on out. But watch I out feel Duke. like Michigan is is still <laughs> far away from being like, you know, they're still a little brother to Ohio State in that yeah. conference. Yeah. Um, and I hope you've proven <laughs> wrong this year, because I'd love to see Wyatt um, react to that. But I, I do think Clemson is, is clearly still like has a brighter future
0: good there's a i feel like there was a lot of agreement there so um let's yeah there was a we're gonna finish this off going into our last major sport the nba we're gonna talk about off the off the court stuff though the nba released its top top 75 players of all time feelings obviously were hurt lucas i'm gonna start with you yes everyone immediately wants to go to snubs but i first want to ask you which fringe player were you most excited to see make that list meaning a player you thought might miss the list but ultimately made it on
3: so i'll start with one um that i think maybe not be the most fringe but maybe tending towards fringe i think this list wasn't totally overwhelmed by recency bias which i think is good there was definitely a lot of recency bias and we'll get to that later but Most of the borderline guys I picked then are ones from older generations who I thought might not be there and are. And the first is Dennis Rodman. I don't know how actually controversial or fringe he is, but I feel like most times when we think of Rodman, we think of the character and not the basketball player. But I am really happy that he got the recognition he deserved because he's one of my all-time favorite players. He was a member of two dynasties, definitely deserves to be on there. Bad Boys Pistons and the 90s Bulls. Probably inarguably the greatest rebounder of all time. And he was never really an offensive threat, though, which I think is interesting. So I think it's cool they put somebody on that list who there for being an elite defensive player um, alone. So Dennis Rodman, one. Two. Sixers great Hal Greer. Um, I think he oftentimes gets lost in conversations of greatest players of all time. So I'm glad he was included on the list, especially since even in the season he won a title in 1967. He was overshadowed by having Wilt on the team, who is probably top 10 at least players of all time. But stats are elite. He's a 10-time All-Star, NBA champion, led the Sixers when what wasn't on the team in his prime, he averaged 24 a game, and played 42 minutes a game, so a workhorse, um, and so I'm happy that he made it. And last is somebody who's made an appearance on the show before, um, a famous Celtics player from the 70s. Um, few may remember this, it's a bit of you thought sports lore, but Dave Cohen's. Um, made an appearance in episode 20 of the You Thought Sports Podcast, an early pandemic episode where we, talk, we talked about this last week, like what the hell did we talk about during that time? Um, at one point in episode 20, we debated whether he should have won the MVP award <laughs> over Kareem and Tiny Archibald in 1973. So Dave Cohen has made um, an appearance on this podcast before, so I'm glad to see his name on the list. <laughs> Purely for the reason... Uh, that he's a you thought legend. So those are my three that were maybe borderline, but I'm glad it's not their way onto the list.
2: Gotcha. Well, so I just want to say the latter two people you mentioned were on the 50 for 50 list and they kept everybody from that one. So really? that's why some of the older people are on, mm-hmm. but Dennis Rodman not being on the 50 for 50 list in 96 actually surprised me. He's a new yeah, addition, me too. which uh-huh. yeah, I agree. That is actually very cool that they added like a defensive rebounding machine who wasn't really a scorer.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, we can open up to the floor about where they got the list wrong or right. If you want to keep singing their praises,
4: did anyone else know that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was one of the voters?
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Were, are other himself? current players or not? not current. Are uh, other former NBA
4: players voters? Or I'm reading Kareem's uh, like part of the media kind of now. So. Giannis, mm-hmm. Charles Barkley. What uh Steph Curry. Giannis yeah, get to vote. <laughs> they were voters? <laughs> mm-hmm. Patrick Ewing. Are you making this up? No, I'm reading oh, it on the bottom of NBA's yeah. website. Um I mean, that's who James she Worthy. Shaq, yeah. Mm-hmm. Pat Riley, Greg Popovich. I'm reading Magic Johnson.
2: I think Giannis is the only current player. Clyde
4: that's Drexler. So no, Steph Curry is on there.
0: Oh, just kidding. No LeBron. Uh
4: I'm reading the Dirk. I'm re- Scottie Pippen. Chris Paul is on huh? here.
0: Huh. Mm-hmm. Scotty probably like he made vindictively. Yeah, list. Yeah, yeah.
4: And Michael Jordan tried his hardest to get him off. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. You know, the person who I think made the list that should not have made the list is Anthony Davis.
3: Thank you. I think I wrote in my notes. I, I think he's the most consistently overrated player in NBA what, history. What I does like
4: Anthony Davis have being on the top seven? Has he already done enough <laughs> in the NBA? Uh, considering no playoff wins or not many playoff wins outside of the Los Angeles Lakers championship run his one championship his one really MVP level year. And since then, I mean, he's been a really good player in the NBA, but he's not been the best player in the NBA. And if things pan out the way that his career is supposed to pan out, yeah, I can see why he'd make the top 75 list. But as a, if his career were to end today, I would not consider him to be one of the top 75 best players in the NBA or NBA history. And considering that he is on the list and like Dwight Howard is not compare the resume because Dwight Howard's resume is significantly better than Anthony Davis's resume. Yep. Anthony
3: yeah. Davis is just Andre Drummond, except he teamed up with LeBron to one entire. So <laughs> stick by that fact. What? So
0: did Drummond. He didn't, he didn't, it didn't work out for him
3: though. True. Well, true. Past Drummond's prime. <laughs> yeah I'm an anthony davis hater i I think he's consistently overrated like he never won anything like if you're one of the seventy five best players in n b a history you should be able to carry your team to win something, and they barely even made the playoffs when he played for the pelicans slash hornets I don't know but
2: yeah okay, well, speaking of not winning anything. Even more exaggerated by that is Dame Lillard. Yes, what I is, agree what is, with that he, he should not have been on the list. Should I agree? I Come on. on now. Take off the bias glasses <laughs> and then answer that question again. There's no, He's a he fixture literally... of the modern NBA. Okay, first of all, that's debatable. <laughs> Second of all, <laughs> yeah. in and of itself. <laughs> is that Warren putting you in the top, the top 25 of players since 1996? In other words, no
4: chance. Yeah, there's no way. So then, Jared, how do you feel about Carmelo Anthony being on this list?
0: Yeah. Very I don't famous. know. People love Carmelo. He's also pretty consistently overrated, too, but yeah. that's just how it works. We talked about this as well, right, on the show, yeah. I think, um, once. But... I, just I don't know. Been... I don't have any super strong thoughts. I don't really – not that I don't care, but you're just always going to be splitting hair not splitting hairs, uh, comparing apples to oranges on these, these uh, top 75 players. But – yeah. I do think Dame's kind of suspicious, for sure. Like accolades wise, doesn't have that much, but yeah, what know. can you do? I'd your... Dame
1: over Jason Kidd any day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah,
4: John Stockton. Yeah. I mean, no. What are you <laughs> talking about? What? <laughs> <Well, laughs> I just like all time leader in yeah. You in do like to pick on
0: Stockton. Yeah, yeah I'll tell you. <laughs> Are
2: we talking about the same one? <laughs> I'm just,
4: I'm glad Paul Pierce made the list because he finally gets a victory after like I think, like it feels like five years of just slander, on Pierce Yeah, now, including myself, I've not been very high on Paul Pierce. And do I think he should made the list? Maybe not, but at, at least he gets to say he did. Um, Kawhi Leonard. Uh, maybe I'm just picking on recent players. I think he deserves to be on it, but he is definitely a fringe player, if you ask me. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. he's just he. I I honestly, quite is great. I kind of feel like he stumbles into some some championships here, like the that's the, the great. Toronto championship. <laughs> he doesn't look like a buffoon when he does it, but like it was just like that was a crazy break the the Toronto yes. championship. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, it was. Uh, you know, being on the Spurs dynasty that's also like a great way to start off your career um so yeah i don't know it's just he's great he's he's been spectacular he was the, the best player in the clippers last year uh, by by a long shot um but all time i don't know it's interesting yeah,
3: yeah. also there were actually 76 players on the list too because there was a tie yeah, yeah. You know, that was funny yeah so many of choose was
0: there was there any era of basketball that was given too little or too much credit
3: Recency bias, like I don't think AD or or Dame should have really made the
2: list. Maybe not even Kawhi. I think those are just
3: like, oh, they're good now.
2: Mm. Do we think? I think Harden and Westbrook also have arguments for not being not belonging. Yeah. Um,
0: I don't know about West. No, they both like Harden's know. the the most, like the one of the probably the best offensive player ever.
2: Really, check his stats this year once the foul rule is changed. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. Same no, with Russell, Russell yeah, okay, Westbrook yeah.
0: averaging a triple double, yeah. which players thought would yeah. never happen. I yeah. thought would yeah. right. never
2: happen. like yeah,
4: he's I pretty just... much locked himself into like. Their the
2: empty stats though is what bothers yes,
4: me.
3: Yes, they're. They uh-huh. yeah.
0: well,
4: well, wait
2: until he wins a championship Russell, with the, yeah, with
0: the preseason <laughs> favorite Lakers. No,
3: I think Clay probably had a better argument to be on there than a lot of those guys. I think he's one of
0: those. Then who? I don't
3: know. I think I think, I think more so than Dame or Anthony Davis, yeah. More so than you
1: Dame, though. If Clay, no. if Clay yeah. was Maybe. on his oh, own team, yeah. do you think he would carry a team more than
3: Dame has carried the Blazers? I we'll never know. Yeah, so. I do not. Yeah, we'll so. never know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's one of these a top five shooter in NBA history. I think.
2: Like Ray yeah. Allen and Reggie he's, Miller made it. Yeah, day. he seems yeah. a similar vibe.
0: Ah. Yeah, but they were. Reggie Miller was carrying was carrying his team. You know he was not the number two. Yeah, but we
3: can't blame Clay for being like the fourth greatest shooter of all time and playing on the same team as the first greatest shooter of all time. Yes, we can. Like you, you can't hold that against him that he played with like one of like maybe four people in NBA history that's a better shooter than he is. Jared Reggie Miller carried
2: his team to zero championships.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well there's a there's a lot of guys
5: (laughs)
2: on that (laughs) list have
0: zero championships.
2: Right, but if we're gonna talk about shooters, then plays a resume you could argue okay well when you bettered.
0: have kd and steph curry on your team oh no, yeah come on well i totally agree with you jared yeah.
5: thank you <laughs>
3: mm. debatable you
0: i like Clay. i like the him. way he plays but i, I don't it's know it's like saying you couldn't put
3: scotty pippen on the list because michael Jordan's on the team or know. No, well, you know what, what? maybe saying. the
4: number like no. the number five option on that same team was dennis rodman maybe you can't put him on the list <laughs> for the same reason because yeah. he played with two other guys in the top 75
1: I'm not saying that. I'm saying that Clay would not have carried. Like, if you're saying Dame is not good enough for the list, there's no way that Clay would. Well, have Well, clearly,
4: carrying teams as to same. what to any any sort of significance it means zero value to this list because because <laughs> <laughs> <there laughs> they made a
0: Western Conference Finals. With <laughs> the Blazers. Okay, they but what? Uh, okay, but series, what about but Anthony? Davis? He, they made it.
4: What about Anthony Davis then? Oh no, I yeah, agree. I, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. Anthony Davis shouldn't
0: be on there, or even
4: Westbrook. That, no, that but event. he's his
0: he has too iconic of a impact on the game. The like. stats look
1: too good, even though Bart yeah. mentions they're a lot of times empty stats. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, another Rain. question that have been I've seen this on pretty much any article that is discussing the NBA top seventy five. <clears throat> I would say besides Luca, who is a lock. Who's like a current player that is a lock to be on the next the hundredth list? They Maybe do, all of them.
4: I'm just looking at this list all over again. Anybody could have made this list. I, I might make this list. In, in the Why? It's not the too late?
3: <laughs> it's oh, not no. too late. Um, like Joel Embiid.
2: Yeah,
3: Embiid. I think. It's no, I'll tell
4: you too, what. Yeah. Zion is a lock. <laughs> He's a lock. <laughs> to make this list.
2: Jokic, I always have to mention yeah. Jokic. Yeah, every Jokic episode. is a Jokic is a lock, and Embiid is a lock. I heard
3: somebody what say about Jason that Jason
0: like, Tatum. Maybe. Uh, Trey
3: Young. Trey Young is
4: more
1: likely.
3: Yeah.
4: Yeah. I'm gonna shake Milton on the 76ers. Maybe he <laughs> likes. <him. What? laughs> um,
3: I saw a few articles too, and I think that there's a compelling point to made here. Not to harp on Anthony Davis again, that Jokic might have a more compelling case to be on the list at this point than Anthony Davis
2: does. Mm. There was uh, there. Was, I, I remember reading there are two MVPs who aren't on it: Jokic and somebody whom I forget. But Derrick um, Rose, pretty. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Alex but somebody, Caruso. I read somebody made a good point. Bill Walton's on the list, even though his prime was injury-riddled and short. Yes. But Derrick Rose isn't. It's just funny. I don't know. Again, Bill Walton was on the fifty I, for yeah. fifty list, so it's different voters. But... Yeah. No.
4: Alex Caruso might make the list. Um, <laughs> oh my god. Jordan Poole <laughs> probably make this list. <laughs> Anthony Will Edwards. A... Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Were there any Jabaris on the list? Oh no. No. Not a oh single no. Javari. Will there be a Jabari? I don't know. Jabari Parker makes a great uh, link for your company. There's probably there's
4: about a ninety five percent chance jabari makes this list. <laughs> okay, yeah. That sounds you scientific.
5: Uh, yeah. A give a analysis, analysis
3: for yeah. the seventy five. Pick out yeah. extrapolate some <laughs> random piece of data. It doesn't have to be like good, but like if it's, they were you like... know,
1: it's shocking there's no Jabari on the list because if I recall my analysis correctly, it was that every other player in the NBA was named Jabari. So, that <laughs> <laughs> is <was> wild. But,
2: <laughs>
4: <clears throat> but you know how much we love lists. In uh, next episode, we're going to put together our top 75. And you're <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. But Wait go ahead and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter if you want to stay tuned to a lot of the things that we do. Most of the stuff makes it on our Instagram and we love to interact with everybody. Um, and then tune in next week for episode one Oh two, still not on hangover from one hundred.